Hello and welcome back to the Manifesting Your Soulmate podcast. This is Jacob Rakowski and Megan Rakowski. And today we are at part six of seven of the seven reasons why people don't manifest their soulmate. And today we are talking about childhood examples of relationships that give you a picture of what relationships are supposed to look like. And if you're catching on to what we're getting at here, your picture of reality and the examples and experiences that you had create expectations and they create what you know to be true. And if those are operating, you're going to be recreating those constantly because that's all you know. And before I, we get into any of this, I just want to say I absolutely love my parents. They're wonderful. Um, and they're also not perfect, just like me and you. And the experiences, not just with our parents, but think about your parents, you know, think about everybody else's parents. We have all, unless you were raised, and I I hardly can even say this, unless you were raised tremendously intentionally and consciously, you know, we all have experienced things as, you know, children that are like, you obviously wouldn't, you wouldn't choose, you wouldn't predict, but that is just part of life. And we would also see things that we wouldn't desire to uh, experience. But that is that is just part of life. I don't know why, you know, all of these things happen, which I'm not saying anything, any of it is bad, but it gives you the opportunity to realize what you do and don't want. If you've ever seen a negative example of something, what I've learned to do in those scenarios is just say, perfect. Now I know exactly how that made me feel so that in the future, I'm not going to repeat that with my next um, friendship or relationship or, you know, this, whatever interaction that you're going to have, you can examine a quality, a behavior, um, anything, and just use it as an example of what you do not want to experience or be like. Yeah, and I think one of the most powerful things that we can do ever is ask, what did I see when I was growing up and do I want to keep seeing that in my life? And I really had to take a hard look at what did I see? And honestly, some of the stuff that I like I didn't remember much of my childhood <laughs> because I just thought it was okay, like everything was normal, but when I look back and I realize, wow, all the relationships that I saw of between adults, married couples or boyfriend and girlfriend, whatever it was, were very, very unhealthy. I saw things like emotional abuse, um, abandonment, neglect, all that kind of stuff. And I never questioned it because why would you question that as a child? That's just your environment. So that therefore that's how it's supposed to be. So when I became of an age to realize that, you know, maybe this is something that I don't want, I had to actually look back and say, wow, that is why I act like this. Or, wow, that's why I look and gravitate towards people who are like this. And it made a lot of sense for me. And it, and it really made my life a lot easier because I started to realize what is it when I was a child that I was surrounding myself with or hearing and seeing and feeling all the time? And how did that affect what I was consciously bringing into my life when I became an adult? And it really gives you back your power. And then you start to look at your, 
you know, at anything that you saw that was negative as a child and kind of have gratitude towards it in the sense of, wow, you know, I'm, I'm glad that happened so that I can prevent that from ever happening in the future. And I can consciously choose that everybody in my life that I interact with will never have that experience from me. Absolutely. Thank you so much, baby. And I just have to say, both of us have grown so much because I, I believe that I had a really blessed childhood, but I also believe that I had a very emotional childhood and I'm a very sensitive person as many of you can probably tell. And that leads to some of my greatest strengths, which is being extremely emotionally intelligent. I can feel people. I know exactly what to say. I know exactly how they're feeling. I can literally feel them sometimes then more than they're even, they're even feeling themselves. And it also has made me extremely spiritually intelligent where I'm very sensitive to energies, information, patterns, you know, um, visual, uh, like visual metaphors. You know, I read into things and Megan definitely does as well. Where was I going with that? The point I was making. Well, you say we were talking about being grateful for our past experiences. Yes, yes. But, you know, yes, being grateful for our, our past experiences. So, you know, just because I experienced something doesn't mean anyone is bad or wrong. You know, if I experience this from a parent, a grandparent, a mentor, a teacher, whatever, um, you know, that doesn't make them a bad person whatsoever. It very well could have been completely our interpretation of it that made it what it was. You know, there's two sides to every story. There's what actually happened and our interpretation of it. And reality is it doesn't really matter. Like in, and in terms of, uh, it doesn't really matter if something, you know, for example, you witness something bad or whatever, it's not that it doesn't matter. It absolutely does matter. And I'm not trying to desensitize anybody from, you know, maybe some, something that is sensitive that they have experienced. But what I am saying is that our interpretation of that reality um, made it what it was for us. And we at any moment get to assign the meaning of anything that has happened in our lives. We could use something as, oh my gosh, that's why I'm so, you know, that's why I'm so this because of what happened to me or what I saw or whatever. Or you can just say, wow, you know what? That was tough, but I'm stronger. I'm grateful for that. And if that's something that I experienced, it must have been necessary for me. I, I trust that if it if I'm still alive, there must be a reason, and that must be have happened for for some reason. But what's important that we don't do is when looking back at these things, get completely stuck there. Because the only reason why, and, and I've done a lot of this myself, um, you know, just personal reflection and and subconscious rewiring of, of situations that I've experienced. But the real reason why you're doing that is to gain something positive or create a result from it. So when you go and, and analyze something, what does it mean now? How are you going to make it better? How are you going to, you know, not make, make sure that doesn't happen again? How are you going to change and don't let it just pull you in and keep you in that emotion? It's very important that we speak about that because what we want to share with people is always going to be put to good use, empowering, positive. And we're not just making people, 
you know, feel or experience something uncomfortable for the sake of doing that. It's for the purpose of turning that that darkness into gold, into pure, um, into pure energy for creating the life that you do want to create. Forgiveness is so powerful because your energy comes back to you. It's not stored um, in a place or an experience that you're you're holding as something that's you know holding power over you. Once you forgive, you get the power back to do whatever you want to do with that energy and create something beautiful, a masterpiece out of something that didn't start off as one for you. So why is it important to even look at this? And the reason is, is that the things that the relationships you saw as a child will create beliefs inside you about how you are to be in relationships and how people are to treat you in relationships. So this is why it's important because when you want to craft your soulmate, you want to make sure that it's 100% what you want and not old programs or beliefs running in the back of your mind, right? So for example, let's look at my childhood. I came from two parents who divorced when I was, you know, a really young, at a really young age. So when I realized that and I looked at my life, I also realized that the two people that I spoke to about my relationships were and who were giving me relationship advice were my parents who had a failed relationship and who continuously would result in failed relationships again and again. So this is why this looking at this area is important because you want to make sure one, what are the beliefs that I got out of, you know, looking at my parents or looking at whoever raised me or the people around me. And two, do I still rely on these people to give me advice on relationships? Because if you want something that's bigger and better, you want to surround yourself with people who are in these beautiful, loving relationships because you want to know and learn from them versus following you know, people who may be in your life who have negative relationships or who are you know, in toxic relationships and stuff like that. So that's why it's really important to look at this area. Absolutely. And just thinking back on, you know, my childhood as you as you shared that, or Bob Proctor calls it your little life. That's that's I think I, I like that term better. My little life, you know, when I was just born and I was growing up, I was an open sponge, just like all of us were, and we were taking in information from everywhere. And everything that we saw became a blueprint. And how do you change that blueprint? You change that blueprint. And that's why we're doing this podcast right now. So for me, you know, what I experienced when I was growing up, I forgot what I was going to say. I can't believe I just forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Pick it up for a second. I'll, I'll, I'll catch it. Go ahead. Well, if you want to talk about your your experience, it was similar to mine, but uh-huh. in, in, a, in a bit of a different way. Yes. Yeah, so that's, I caught my train of thought. Okay. So what I was going to say was 90, 80% of the stuff that I experienced I used, uh, and, and I was very sensitive in this area, you know, personal relationships have always been super important to me. And I attribute that to me being a person that I feel would do just about anything for anyone. Like I really, really feel like I'm a really good friend and I'm a really good person and you want me in your corner. And I was very sensitive and aware of what I did and didn't want. 
And in my childhood, in my little life, when I would experience things, 90, 80% of the time, I would say, wow, I don't like that. You know, that is what I don't want to experience. But there's that 20% that snuck in that became a part of me, you know, whether it be, you know, from my relationship with, you know, a guardian or a parent, like, like my mom or dad and things I would see my mom or dad doing that were suboptimal, you know, I would some subconsciously bring those in as a piece of my personality. And, you know, we say things like, I'll never be like that. You know, if you say like about your mom or your dad, or maybe somebody who raised you, I'll never be like that. Be careful because that strong identification and energy many times turns into a seed inside of you that actually becomes in some way like that. So the thing is not to hold people, you know, that that you experienced growing up in jail. It's to understand that they were doing the best with what they had. And the thing is, is that people, you know, when we see somebody mistreating somebody else, it's not because they don't love that person. It's because that person doesn't love themselves and hurt people hurt people. So when you're looking at, you know, what did you experience growing up? It's really, really important to say, what parts of that have I taken on to myself? What parts of that have subconsciously become a part of me? And how is my relationship similar to my parents' relationship, the, the guardian's relationship, whoever raised you's relationship, and say, in what way is my partner, if you're, if you're you know, dating a woman, in what way is my partner like my mom? Or what way am I, is my partner like my dad? And many times you're going to begin to see really, really valuable information, and you might see a really valuable opportunity to make some tune-ups in this area of your life if you are in a relationship with somebody and you might see, wow, you know, here's an area where I, I never wanted to be repeating this, but I am repeating this. And there comes a point where once you've, this is not a forever thing. This is absolutely not a forever thing. Once you've identified some of these things, some of the major things, it can take you as quick or as slow as you want to move on from that. You know, if there's something you're realizing you're doing that you really don't want to do, don't just stop doing it. One of the things that I experienced in my little life, my parents were uh, business owners and they were basically just starting their business when I was born. And like many businesses, it takes a while to get them up and running. So what I experienced, you know, in my little life was my parents working a lot, a whole lot. And that motivated me from a very young age to say, you know what? I am so grateful that my parents showed me the example of work ethic, but I wish that I would have had a little bit more time. And that motivated me from boom, right as soon as I could start working to become successful as fast as I could so that when it was time for me to have a family, I was going to be ready and I was going to be you know, in a position to take care of them, to spend time with them. And I'm so, so grateful um, that I had the experience that I had and it wasn't negative. It was just an observation. You know, they're working a lot. I wish I had a little bit more time. And that's an example of how I use something that I experienced 
that might have been suboptimal to me at the time that I turned into a positive. Yeah. And last thing here is if you are or if you experienced a childhood similar to mine where when you look back, you realize majority of the people who were in your life and who raised you had really bad relationships that you do not want to repeat. What I found really helpful was looking towards relationships and mentors who were in really nice relationships that I wanted to be in the future and following them. So what Jacob and I did when we first got together is we actually looked up and we found mentors who had relationships that we wanted, including, you know, people that we went to spend a week with to study from, anywhere from virtual people who we've never met, like John and Missy from Lifebook, um, as well as mentors that we, you know, personally pay to mentor us in this area of our relationship. Absolutely. And, you know, we want to basically take all the experience that we've had with all of our relationship guidance and distill it down to, you know, a free podcast, a few books that might cost you 20 bucks, a few courses that might be a few hundred books, bucks, and, you know, a couple of events that we're going to be putting on that might be a few hundred bucks as well for the probably in the hundreds of thousands of personal development invested in many different areas, but especially this area. So we are so grateful for you putting this into practice, implementing this, because you begin when you begin to get your space right, you begin to create the change in the world that you want to create.